Sarah. Hello, Spencer. Um, I'm pretty, what's, up, what's up, Buttercup? I'm pretty stoked today because we get to chat. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Scarlet Envy, who, if you don't know, which you should know. Especially if you're from Kentucky. You should. Yeah, she's she is a RuPaul's Drag Race girl. She was on season 11 of the main series and then season six of All Stars. One of the coolest people we get to talk to, actually. And this has been like such a long time in the making. We reached out to them in August and that our first interview didn't work out um, just because of timing difficulties. And then they were going to come in for Louisville Pride. And then that was canceled. So I was worried they weren't going to come in town, but they still are performing. They're performing this weekend at Play, which will be last weekend when this comes out. <laughs> But it's I'm really excited for that because Happy Monday. Spencer and I are going to go see them perform, which is incredible because I've never seen them perform in person. Oh, I haven't either. Only on Drag Race. Yeah. So I'm really pumped about that. Um, and they are just so incredible. They literally last night were on Watch What Happens Live. With Andy Cohen with Andy on Cohen, Bravo. Hopped on a plane. Came to Louisville, hopped on a plane. <laughs> so I don't know why that always is the is the reference. But um, I don't a- either, especially when we have the Gaga reference of no sleep, bus, club. Oh, we're putting that clip in because literally hopped on a plane, came here, came here straight from the airport. That's fucking dedication. With mom. With mom. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So this conversation was just really fun. I am. I'm excited for you all to hear it. I'm excited to be a part of these cool conversations that i know we, we're like really privileged by the people we get to talk to and like well, people just say yes <laughs> people like us baby i don't know i don't think they like i don't know i bet like when some of them leave they're like oh my god what was that uh but no i'm really excited um this was a really cool week with a really cool guest and i think a lot of cool queer shit going on i've used the word cool like five times in that sentence but yeah, she's a wordsmith, too, so I don't know why she's defaulting to that bro term. I'm a very good writer. I'm not a good talker. Which is neither am I, and so it's funny that we have a <laughs> podcast. We're working on it. We're trying to become better speakers. It's funny. I've actually heard from different people from around the city. They're like, oh, I listen to your podcast. Like, this straight dude today told me that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> How well, do you how do you like that dildo conversation? Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Seriously. Um, and sit tight for this amazing conversation with Scarlet Envy. No sleep. Bus. Club. Another club. Another club. Another club. Queen. Next place. Hello and welcome back to Beards and Lavender. Uh, we are here today with a wonderful guest, Scarlet Envy. Scarlet, would you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I've been a fan of Queer Kentucky for a long time because I, uh, and I was just telling this to Spencer, I used to see your zines out and about on ta- and, uh, around town. Uh, and I was very curious as to the illustration with the hairy legs and the high heels and what all that was about. So uh, I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so yeah, could you give us a brief introduction to who you are, what you do? Sure. Uh, for I, those that don't know. For those that don't know, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, uh, I am uh, from Louisville, Kentucky, originally, so it's nice to be home. I just got here from, uh, we came directly from the airport, 
Thank you for that. I know that's not always the best thing to have to do after getting off a plane. No, I'm more than happy to be here. And uh, I go by Scarlet Envy. I was on RuPaul's Drag Race season 11 and uh, most recently All Star 6. Um, and I would do it again because I'm a glutton for punishment. So <laughs> I feel like that's the common response when people are asked that question. Like, yeah, would drag you do race. it again? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people actually, I feel like would say no, but. Oh, really? No, I'm, you know, I'm open to it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. She's, she's busy enough as is. So I know we were going to talk about that. Cause we were, when Spencer told me you were coming straight from the airport and then to Lexington after. Yeah. I mean, do you ever take a break? Or you just go, go, go? No, Sarah. We, we don't take a break. Um, and also, I ask for this. You know, it's something I remind myself. is, uh, Of course, I'm pretty tired all the time, but I'm living my dream, you know? I mean, my life was changed a couple years ago, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So, you know, there's enough coffee in the world to keep going. I'll be fine. Yeah, and you just met Jessica Chastain, I saw. I did. We actually did two events together. Um, I did a red carpet with her. Um, two nights ago uh, in New York. How was that her movie? New, her new movie, uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is so incredible. And I told her while we were watching the movie that this is going to be her Oscar. This is the one. And I've been waiting. She's been nominated twice. Yeah. And this, I think, uh, the third time is going to be magic for her. So I'm putting it out there for her. Yes, also, that's she was so say. nice. She's so kind. I have watched that trailer like so 20 many times. times. Well, and, you know, we did interviews on the red carpet about why Tammy Faye was it's important and uh, what her link to the queer community is. And it's wild to think about the time that she was living in and the platform that she had, specifically in a very conservative, uh, religious audience. Yeah, in that, in that community, yeah. yeah. Televangical world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the fact that she really did actually speak up, you know, especially during the AIDS crisis about, you know, why as Christians we feel um, the need not to help queer people who are suffering, you know, why we don't want to touch them or breathe the same air and um, just how wild it was that someone in her position, you know, put her life and career honestly in danger by doing that and just didn't seem to care at all and just kind of was so blatantly uh, respectful of human beings, no matter who they were, what their experience was. Yeah, it's definitely not something you're going to see today. Like a televangelical type person come out and really advocate for queer rights. So it is fascinating to see that she was a queer advocate. I know, and also just unexpected, I think. Oh, you yeah. Know? And, yeah. And for her to be the queer icon that she kind of has become now, it's like, you know, of course she was a fashion icon and her eyelashes are so iconic. Um, and it was it was just a great experience, especially with Jessica, you know, who is also a, an advocate and a, a huge ally. A yeah, huge a ally. wonderful ally. Yeah. Um, you know, I obviously I have a thing for redheads. You know, it's a special place in my heart you yes. know, for any gorgeous redheads. But um, yeah, she was just so kind and. Uh, and then we also did uh, Watch What Happens Live the day after that. We was, got so excited for I you know. when I told Sarah she was so stoked. <laughs> yeah, it's not my first time doing that, but it's um, it's always really fun. And uh, Yeah, I can imagine that Andy Cohen's a blast. He is. He's wild. Yeah. Andy Cohen drinks tequila. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. that, that, that puts um, a theme on the night for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that'll air tonight, actually, on Bravo at uh, 10 o'clock. I don't know when this comes out, but... 
I think we were going to shoot for this coming Monday. Cool. So yeah. it aired last week at 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. that is one thing I'm real bad at on this podcast. I'm like, I don't know what the day what are is. The day? Yeah. Fine. I mean, I think that's part of being so busy at the time. Like Spencer and I talk often about how exhausted we are constantly. So, I mean, what is that? Uh, so you came back from New York. Mm-hmm. You're here for what? Three or four days? I think three days. Three days? Mom. My mom's here, by the way. Shout out, mom. Shout out to, to, to my mom. Uh, yeah, the 21st, I think. I don't yeah, know. so you come back. You're going to Lexington tonight. You're performing at Play on... What day is today? Today's, oh, we just went through this, the schedule. Yes. So, uh, yeah. You're performing Saturday, which is... And then yeah. Lemu is Saturday morning, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for letting me know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows my calendar better than I do. Well, I've been talking with Daniel Cole a lot. Um, yeah, we love Daniel Cole. Oh, yes. We wanted him to come in on this podcast just to kind of have him talk to we need him on here well daniel calls a talker just so that you know so oh yeah you know. daniel come come on the podcast sweetie we want you he puts me in my place when i get obnoxious with him honestly <laughs> me too girl somebody needs to do it with this one that's you know somebody needs to put him in his place even today i was like daniel can i get a booth for these two events coming up i was like is he gonna yell at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i love touring with daniel i've been uh touring with daniel for years uh and hard candy kentucky is so wonderful and i mean i go to a lot of big cities but i feel like daniel serves i think maybe an underserved community in terms of where we go on tour and people who don't get to see a lot of drag maybe as much as big cities like new york or los angeles or chicago or whatever yeah no Um, i think that that's that's so needed and we we were talking to um we've been talking a lot about how you know louisville has a an incredible drag scene for the size that it is oh, i really we've been oh, yeah. spoiled recently we've been, yeah we've gotten a lot of great acts a lot of great talent coming in mm-hmm. and just how wonderful that is for a city our size to be getting that absolutely well i mean louisville is amazing for that reason and when i tell people i'm from kentucky i have to specify i'm actually from louisville mm-hmm. you know because you know how it is oh yeah it's a, it's you a married your cousin enclave. yeah yeah mm-hmm. All that um, type of no shoes. All I have both my shoes on. I have great teeth, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I can say so myself. <laughs> so what is it like being back in Kentucky after being away for a while? Well, it's great. I was just talking to my mom about how long it's been here. And it's almost been half a year since I was here. And I had yeah. honestly no idea it had been that long. Um, I'm so busy these days that, you know, it's important, you know, to plug back in specifically on a personal level first of all you know my priority number one would be my family and you know my sisters um and you know i have nieces and nephews now and you know of course mom and dad and um so it's it's nice to be home and kind of just take a deep breath from like how crazy the world is for me right now and also on you know a community level that <clears throat> excuse me there's uh like we were just saying there's this amazing scene here all the amazing queens um you know people like daniel cole and, and promoters locally it's just important to be here you know and and i i left to new york we could talk about that but, yeah um i didn't do drag when i lived here initially you know so it's always nice to come back is that it so when you come back and not having been here doing drag when you started do you feel like it's a reintroduction or is it, does it feel like coming home it feels like coming home uh, just because I, I have now been coming back to do drag here for a while now. So yeah. the first time, I guess it was a little weird, right? You know, um, but 
at this point, you know, I mean, I was actually at Play Louisville with Daniel for the very first episode of the very first season of Drag Race I was on. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's awesome. fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Celebrate that with, you know, with your, your family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My whole family was there and a bunch of friends and, you know, my old uh, high school teachers. Shout out to Rosemary Cundiff Brown, my drama teacher. I think this is all actually all her fault. Yeah, I was just going to say, the, the high school drama teacher probably <laughs> has a lot of influence. English, on... drama, any yes. of those. Yeah, English, all the gay, all the gay subjects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah we can all the them. gayest subjects. Um, yeah, but that was nice, you know, and, and at this point, it just feels nice to come back and plug back in. I went to FIT. I moved for college. Uh, I went to school for advertising, graphic design. I mean, I still love to do it. I just don't really do it anymore. I don't really have a lot of time. But I mean, a lot of the venues that I worked for when I was starting out with drag, I would do their advertising and their graphics for a lot of the dive bars and you know the shows uh, that I would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still am in the business of advertising, I guess. I'm just advertising as pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's totally different. It's a totally different sales pitch. But Completely yeah, different. <laughs> not exactly what I thought I would be advertising. But I mean, we advertise that as well. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. It's a big thing for us. I feel like I just pour myself out all the time professionally. <laughs> that's just my job. Relatable. Yeah. Um, that brings up a good point. We ask some of our guests this. Um, Queer Kentucky has been so wrapped up in my own personal identity. Sometimes it's hard to separate my personal life and professional life. Is that something you are finding difficult to navigate ever? Well, that's an easy question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? Yes, that's a very difficult thing to navigate. Um, Specifically because, you know, I am kind of selling my identity in Mm -hmm. a way, you know, and a lot of drag queens, I think, can probably relate to that. Um, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, it does come off, you know, I don't, uh, I don't sleep with eyelashes on, right? (laughs) Um, that's a weird way to put it, but I just feel like, yeah, I mean, uh, my professional life and my personal life are, I, I do keep them separate. Um, and I actually, that's a point I feel like that actually came up on All Stars was, it was a, a critique that I got from Rue herself was, you know, I think that you are still kind of, you have this identity and you have this identity and they haven't really blended in a way that made her feel comfortable. They've not merged, yeah. They haven't Mm -hmm. merged in a way that she felt that maybe they could, I guess. So, I don't know, but I... I like to have the yin and the yang. Yeah, I think that there's a huge benefit to being able to, you know, even physically just take it off at the end of the day. That's that's a huge thing. Tell me about it. Pop that corset off, honey. (laughs) Take the heels off. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine how, like, satisfying that is after after a long day. Actually, a 12-hour day or something. That actually yesterday was a 14-hour day. I was in the for 14 hours yesterday. Damn. How do you prepare yourself for that? Well, you shave twice. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've been, I've had 14-hour drag days for a while now, so I guess it's it's something I've grown accustomed to, but I don't know. You know, you just, um, when you're busy enough, it goes by pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you're a workaholic? Because Spencer and I talk about that a lot, about how we're both yeah, we kind total of workaholics. Yeah. No, I'm just the regular old alcoholic. Yes. Well, yeah, well, we, we've been saying we're well. we're holics in general. Yeah, yeah. In general. Uh, no, I am a workaholic. I mean, also like I work for myself. You know, I do mm-hmm. own. Uh, it's Scarlet Envy is an LLC at this point, so it's really uh, a, a dream come true. You know, I work for myself. I think anyone that works for themselves, uh, as you can probably relate to, mm-hmm. yes, uh, there is no day off. <laughs> 
no, never. But you get to like kind of do your own schedule, which is nice. Say yes to things, say no to things. Uh, so I feel like I've just come on this podcast and just talked about how tired and exhausted and working I am. So you're very, <laughs> no, that's literally you're very on brand for us. Yes, that is that is okay. become the podcast theme. Yeah. You should really just change it to like tired queers, <laughs> sleepy <laughs> sleepy queers. Because like Chris Hartman, Ariel, everyone's like, whoo advocacy i'm tired yeah well every every intro you and i do it's like spencer how's your week i'm exhausted I'm like, <laughs> no it's yeah. usually i say chaotic because it's just constant chaos all the time and then my answer is always i've been up till 4 a.m working on you know the publishing house so mm-hmm. it's it's been you know hello beards and lavender listeners i'm sydney hampton a lovell kentucky-based drag queen horror hostess and the host of really queer podcast where i discuss the queer themes tropes and characterizations for better or worse, of some of our most beloved films, from masterpieces to cringy guilty pleasures. Join me and guests such as Gilda Wabbit, Eris Jolie, and Beard and Lavender's own Spencer Jenkins as we discuss queerness in film, from Chopping Mall to Drop Dead Gorgeous. Really Queer is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Find your platform by visiting anchor.fm forward slash reallyqueer. That's R-E-E-L-Y queer. And now, back to Beards and Lavender. Is it me? Am I the drama? drama, drama? Me? Am I the drama? All right, welcome back from that quick break. Uh, so I think we wanted to get into some Kentucky questions if we can. So Spencer and I have a, you know, we talk a lot about how, you know, he has stayed here forever. He's he's lived in Kentucky his whole life. I moved to DC for a bunch of years. Thirty two years. Yeah, and but I boomeranged and came back. And so we've had a, a lot of conversations with guests about, you know, what drove you to leave, especially as a queer person. You know, because that was my motivator to leave was just I wanted to live a queer life in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, can we jump into that and like, so did you leave knowing that you just wanted to be in a city that you wanted to get away? Did you, have you not come back? Like, I don't even know like how to phrase this question. This is, last week Spencer couldn't talk. This week I can't talk. Oh, gosh. We, <laughs> I think we, we trade off. off. Yeah, we, we trade off. off. Yeah. I, I think I understand the question. Tell me if I answer it correctly. Oh, every answer is a correct answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I know you're lying. <laughs> so I left in 2010 um, because I've always been in love with New York City. Went there for college and I went to FIT. Uh and I do think I was escaping a lot of things subconsciously at the time um, that I wasn't comfortable with myself. And uh, I just had a lot of exploring to do. And, you know, we we always kind of know our truth. We don't really know how to process that maybe, especially I was, what, 17, 18. I mean, you know, I think in general, to take even a farther step back, to to make young people at that age decide major life decisions like you know whether it be uh gender sexuality college majors anything like that you know it's um it's just too much i think to put on someone who has not had life experience you know mm-hmm. so that's really what i was seeking was just uh experience and uh adventure and excitement and you know and i i found that in new york um and then it was a process of coming to terms with why I felt the need to leave Kentucky. Why the desire to run. Yeah. What I was running yeah. from. And 
uh, how to kind of process all that. So uh, it, def- it, it took leaving for me to realize that I am absolutely okay with where I come from and, um, you know, myself and my family and everything else. Uh, it just, it was a process, you know, I don't, I do think I will end up here again someday. Eventually. Yeah. Um, not anytime soon. Yeah. Well, the work for you, I mean, your chaotic work schedule, I mean, it's, I'm sure really hard to be home-based in a place. It's not as easily accessible to the major cities to, mm. you know, you know, filming, going to the red carpets, things like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know exactly when I would ever end up here again, but it yeah. doesn't mean I don't love it here and love the people that are here. And, you know, I mean, my, my heart will always be in the bluegrass, but, um, but your feet can be somewhere else. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. One of the things I always tell people is I like to travel a lot. So like this has always been a great home base for me. Um, but I have found that staying here, I am able to do a lot of grassroots work, obviously queer Kentucky, um, and able to like meet with people like you and talk about experiences and expose the rest of our state to mm-hmm. that. Um, where Sarah, how do you feel about staying here? Um, well, these again, days? um, well, again, I left when I was 18, I went to college in DC and stayed there for a couple of years afterward before coming back. I think moving back wasn't ever in the game plan. It was more of a family situation. My mom was sick at the time. Totally fine now. But um, it was more I was pulled back here and found that I could work here a lot cheaper than I could in D.C. So it was, you know, and and with the work I do, I can do it from anywhere. So having, you know, a financial home base was a big part for me. But yeah, I think I'm I know I'm ready to leave in about a year. I think I've been telling Spencer that I think one one more year here and I'm ready to hit the road somewhere else. Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I miss this. I miss being in a big city. You know, I miss... I do love D.C. Yeah. I just miss uh, having... Uh, the one thing about Kentucky that I've always struggled with was the lack of amenities, you know, and the lack of availability of amenities because I am living out in Oldham County now and we were talking about... That's actually where I'm from. Yeah, yeah we, were talking, we were talking uh, before we started and, like, not having a CVS that's open past 10 is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard for a night owl to not have anywhere to go. Uh, and, you know, so I think I love Kentucky. I feel I feel the exact same way. I love Kentucky. Love being from here. But, yeah, I think I think I've, I have a pull elsewhere as well. I think what's great about Kentucky is that it's very aesthetic for me. It's gorgeous. You know, yeah. like specifically, like, you know, the derby and the bourbon and the hats and the chicken. You know, I feel like it's just... There's just like an aesthetic there that I have, uh, I think, in the past even tried to shake off. And it's just impossible. Like, it's just part of me. It's who I am. Um, I always get asked why I don't really have an accent. And I think it's because, well, first of all, my mom is from Cincinnati. She's never really had a a twang. My dad has a very heavy uh, twang. (laughs) And... I fought it, you know, when I went to New York. I was like, I don't want to have this accent. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be, you know, whatever I thought I was going to be up in New York City. And I kind of wish I had leaned into it, you know, at this point. I, I wish I had a little you bit You can more. still lean into it. It's real easy well, to fall back into a, into a country a, accent. Y'all are correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I have enough bourbon or if I get angry enough, you know, you, you'll... 
you'll hear it come out, I guess. But I don't know. I just it's it, I'm at a point now where I just I love bringing the Kentucky, you know, to somewhere like New York or Los Angeles or RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, no, I think because I think people forget how distinct Kentucky culture is, you know, people don't even realize how how much of an amazing culture we have within the bluegrass state. And I think that's really cool to take that to a different city and to, to introduce people who are not familiar with it. You know, that side of that side of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love a hat? Who doesn't love a hat? Who doesn't love a good stiff drink? Well, now mm. there's fascinators, not so much hats anymore at the but Derby. That's an aesthetic in and of its own self. Yeah. You know? It's a wild uh, I think thing. the bigger rim, the better, personally. <laughs> yes, definitely. Talk about hats. Oh, I know. Yes, I know. Like- I like the big hats. <laughs> Traditional <laughs> Kentucky is where it's at. Oh, speaking of Kentucky. Conversion therapy. Yeah. I wanted, that, so I was listening to that podcast that you were on a couple years ago, I guess. And you had mentioned some conversion therapy type um, stuff that had gone on in your life. And I was curious because ban conversion therapy, Kentucky is so big right now. And we're trying to ban it in the state. States all over the United States are banning it. For some reason, Kentucky is falling behind, um, which is, you know, on brand. But I was curious about your experience with that. Um, yeah, so I am very open about uh, my past with conversion therapy. It was while I was in high school, and I was um, involved in that for actually a couple of years. Um, it was something that I thought, you know, as most people do in that situation, that was something I had to change about myself. It was my responsibility to um, fill in the blank. It was my responsibility. Right. And so I took it on myself to, you know, changed that and uh spent a couple years honestly trying to do that um and it was something that i look back on now and i actually have to have some compassion for myself and the fact that i just didn't know better that i just really you know um I, I judged, I think, judged myself for that for like a long time. It's like, you know, why, why did I do that? And what was I thinking? And uh, the fact is, like, I, I wasn't thinking. I didn't know any better. Um, and it was also kind of disguised as like kind of a Christian-based therapy. So it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't advertised for what it was, as, which I think yeah. is a lot of, of how it kind of slides by. All it's those like, euphemisms they use oh, now. Yeah, very yeah. Talk therapy, Christian-based therapy. They keep coming up with new things to kind Value-based of... Value-based therapy, yeah. yeah. Value-based. I don't have values. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, at a certain point, I think in general, uh, and it, everything kind of boils over and bubbles up and... Um, so it obviously didn't work out, uh, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, yes. and I actually credit my time in conversion therapy for the pendulum swinging so far in the opposite direction. Um, I don't know that I would be where I'm at today if I didn't have had that experience. Right. Um, you know, that I fought it so hard and I buried it so hard that it, it kind of swung back in the opposite direction. Uh, and now I'm a gorgeous, famous drag queen. We, we love to see it. I kind of have a similar experience. My family kind of, they're great now. I always have to preface it with that in case they listen. No, they're great now. I'm very supportive. But I was pushed back in the closet really hard when I was 17, 18 years old. And I went 
in the opposite direction of what they wanted me to, which was creating the largest queer publication in the state. And they also yeah. told me to never put anything in writing. And I became a journalist. So like, I totally get the pendulum swinging there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of been an extremist. Yeah, in pretty much every way possible. Um, so that's just another way to do that. I also want to shout out uh, Dusty Ray Bottoms, who is actually based here in Louisville now. Uh, and is very active in the fight against conversion therapy in this state and other states as well. Um, I, th I believe Dusty went through a similar experience. Um, yeah, and we, I think we're planning to have them on. So. Yeah, they have I a show coming up soon too, but they're actually in the documentary that Zach Miners has been working on. Yeah, shout out to Zach too. I met Zach last time I was in town. He's amazing. His cousin actually helped us with this podcast in the beginning. Oh, really? The guy that came over to my apartment. Oh, yeah. 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 I that was him. Small world. Small queer world. Very small queer world. Queer world. But yeah, I think it's also important, I guess, to wrap up the conversation about conversion therapy to continue to fight it, you know, because I am, again, so busy and like life is great and, you know, I'm free to be me and I'm, you know, celebrated for my truth at this point. And that doesn't mean that there's not still a lot of people in the situation that I used to be in. Yeah. And it's important for me personally to remember that and to continue to fight, you know? Well, I think it's so important that we have so much more representation on TV now, mm -hmm. whether it's Drag Race, whether it's, you know, all the TV shows that are happening right now. Because I think that for a lot of people growing up, that's how you see that it is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, just seeing people like yourself on TV is huge. And I think that's an incredibly progressive, you know, thing even the last 10 to 15 years. And I, I just think it's really cool. In high school, uh, my the drama teacher, actually, that I mentioned earlier, stopped me in the hallway once. And I don't even remember how old I was. But she said, oh, Jake, there is this show that you would love. You have to see it. It's called RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> And I just immediately wanted to crawl in a hole and be like, why do you think I would like this? Like, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Like, you know, Miss TV. Uh, you know. Yeah, that, that, those, those feelings of, like, when you get actually clocked when you're, like, a 15, 16-year-old, <laughs> it's the worst. It's like you want to dissolve in the air and just, you know, of embarrassment. And now yeah. when you get clocked, you're like, yes, bitch. Yes, so I'm, I'm a 100-footer. <laughs> like, it's, you know. I'm a six like... on the Kenzie. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, do we want to talk about Drag Race a little bit? Sure. Can we? Can we? Of course. Okay, so what was that experience like? Like, what was, what got you to the point of wanting to audition? What, you know, how, how was that process for you? So I auditioned four times, um, but I never really started doing drag for Drag Race. I started doing drag when I was in college and I, I was just honestly making some money on Friday night uh, while I was, you know, in school. And it, I kind of was able to find this community within Brooklyn that was like kind of queer and kind of punk. I think punk would be the best way to describe it. Um, people I had never really seen before and like these ideas that I just had never really considered before and just this whole world opened up, you know. The New York yeah. drag scene is so cool and artsy. I it, think that's, it is. It's, it's very different than here, isn't it? Yeah. The type of shows. Yeah. Well, the New York, I mean, New York City is different from just, everywhere. Yeah. By the way, sidebar, Sarah and I will be there in December. So oh, if fine. you're there, we'll bother you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You have to let me know. December um, like 10th, I think. Yeah, yeah. we think we leave December 10th. Is that what you said? Um, so I just met people like uh, Thorgy Thor. I is, love Thorgy. Uh, one of the first performers that I saw. Like Sherry Vine, I think, was the first drag queen I saw in person in New York. 
Yeah. Um, I tried to tip her and I had mentioned that I was in school. She wouldn't take my money. Oh, it was just that's, this that's amazing. cool community that I discovered. And I was also underage. So <laughs> at that, that point, normal. I think it was... It was <laughs> yeah, I think all of us have had quite yeah. a few underage stories. Did you ever sneak into connections when you were living here? No, I never did. But I did go once on an 18 plus night. So I was there legally. Yeah, I was there in braces. <laughs> they served me still. I'm like, what is... I'm like 17 years old. I miss that place. Connections. That's <laughs> the good. first time I saw uh, a naked man in the shower yes. in the nightclub. Yeah. That's I what, something in. I will never forget. I said, is this my life now? I'm like 17 years old. I have no idea what's going on. I was looking around. I was like, what? Is, why is he taking a shower in here? I just didn't understand. He had to have been so pruny by the end of the night. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just very raw from I know. Scrubbing. Very raw from <laughs> I don't think he was actually bathing. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't actually when I, yeah, yeah. I don't think he In my, my, my lesbian head, I'm just like, I'm just going to ignore that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did go to Connection. Uh, I also kind of was aware of EOI mm-hmm. and things that would happen there. Um, but I didn't really ever, you know, participate or follow it. Um but yeah, I was underage and it was at a point where there wasn't such an explosion of drag. It was right on the precipice of like Instagram was brand new. We only had like three filters to choose from. Yeah. No one really posted a lot about it. It was more, um, which sounds so crazy because it wasn't terribly long ago, but it was it was less about social media at the time and more about just the punk aspect of community. Like, yeah. 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 Meeting these people. And, you know, so I put a wig on because I couldn't get into the bars. And uh, I think at this point they would still ID you, you know, uh, whether you're in drag or not, but they did they had no such thing. My really? email address actually used to be scarlet drinks whiskey at gmail.com. <laughs> what is your favorite bourbon? Angel's Envy. Oh, it's right local. down the street. Yeah, it's yeah. local. It's just on the street here. Yeah. And then second would be probably Woodford. So no Kentucky gentleman or tap. Oh God! Remember high school parties? Yeah, Kentucky gentleman was always KG. Never a gentleman in the next. I do have to say, Heaven Hill paid for our last drag party though. Really? Yeah, they gave us six hundred bucks to pay for the queens at Trouble Bar. I'll drink anything except for Bullet. (laughs) That's a a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a long story, actually. Look into it, sweetie. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, like, you kind of came of of your age and in your own in New York. So, mm -hmm. one question I've always found interesting. Do you feel like you're a Kentuckian or a New Yorker? Or both? Or hybrid? Mm, I definitely think I'm a hybrid. Uh, in my initial interview with Drag Race, Meet the Queens... I said something about like having an appreciation for chicken and taxis. <laughs> oh, I love that you line. Know, yeah. It's like that Venn diagram of uh, inspiration. Do so, you have merch that says that? Because you should. No, but <laughs> I'll sell you something else. <laughs> I'll, I'm a sucker for merch anyways. I'll probably buy something. Well, speaking of, I actually am wearing my merch here today. Uh, I sell these sweatsuits, so they're really cute. Shopscarletenvy.com. We'll yeah. put it in the show notes. Oh for sure. yeah, we'll do a whole promo. Yeah. 
Girl, we have so many amazing drag queens in our region. We really do. And the best part is so many host drag brunches throughout Louisville and Southern Indiana. For example, the amazing and beautiful Aubrey J. She hosts Borden Your Bistro's bi-weekly drag brunch. There's honestly no better combination than drag, food, some cocktails or mocktails, and making it rain on the queens. They have two showings every other Saturday at Borden U. The first starting at 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. and 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Get your tickets at BordenUBistro.com backslash brunch. They sell out really fast, and you don't want to miss a menu curated by head chef Aaron Flanagan. The Beards and Lavender duo can't wait to see you at the most fun and entertaining drag brunch in Kentuckyana. See you there. Well, so we also kind of always want to talk, touch on our theme of the podcast, which is beards and lavender. Mm -hmm. And so kind of the initial thought on that was, you know, gay men and the tradition of having like a beard to cover up your identity. And then the tradition of lavender marriages, you know, which we always try and say is not a marriage of convenience, but a marriage of support instead. Try and rephrase that. So when we were like talking about this, I, I just had the thought of, do you, do, I want to hear your experience with that. If you ever, you know, had a beard, especially, you know, saying growing up that it was, you know, you struggled with your identity. But also, I want to hear your t thoughts on whether drag in and of itself is a form of beardism. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. She's got the deep questions. <clears throat> yeah, these are great questions. Okay, so um, I did have a beard um, when I walked into the workroom on season 11, but it wasn't on purpose. I just didn't know how to color correct. <laughs> 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 um no i uh i don't think i ever i would i don't think i ever had a beard i wouldn't say that <clears throat> i i have been in love with ladies in the past um because i i feel that people are uh i don't know i mean i don't identify as pansexual in any way i mean i'm pretty fucking gay but in the past um i don't know i mean you you can share experiences with someone you know that are hard to explain i guess i don't know um but i do think that to say that someone is a beard is uh wouldn't explain properly my situation yeah because um, it's almost like a it's almost a hiding of something oh rather yeah than, like me there's dating a, negative... a girl in college like yeah i mean i've had a lot of ex-girlfriends um i've had more ex-boyfriends yeah you know yeah yeah same so, <laughs> I mean, um, I do think, though, that I have to consider your question about if drag is a beard. Yeah, I mean, it just popped in my head. It's, it's just like, because a, a, I think beard, as we've been talking about, we've really tried to explore the word and what it means for us and our and our history and, and both personally and within the community. And I think both of those phrases used to have we're really trying to explore the connotations, whether mm -hmm. it was, you know, because I think beard for a long time was a negative connotated word. Well, and yeah, I feel it like it still is, honestly. Well. Yeah. But so, know. so you know, I think we've been trying to work on rephrasing of it and like, how do we... I just would never want to ever call someone a beard. Yeah, it, you know? it, it, it is like the hiding of something. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. almost like um, making them less than, you know? Yeah. But I do understand, I guess, in the past when it was actually necessary, when we could be arrested, we could be killed. Yeah. You know, to have a beard would be to have a, a woman who cared about you enough to make sure that you were, were safe. Yeah. safe. Yeah. So in that way, 
you know, absolutely not. I did not have a beard because any girl that I was with didn't know that about me. I don't think, you know, I think a beard is someone who really knows your truth, right? And who's protecting you in that way. And who accepts it. Yeah. And, you know, that's not what my situations were. Um, Scarlet is protection for me in that way, I think. Yeah. But if anything, I think it's the other way around. I think that it's, what would be the opposite of a beard? Yeah. What? Yeah. You know, what's that called? It's more of a, hey, look at me. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is, this is the truth. You know, these are the shoes I love. You know, this is the life I chose. Yeah. Instead you of, know, instead and, of covering up, it's more the raw nudity of it. Just the emotional mm-hmm. nudity, you know. And Scarlet is nude quite often. <laughs> yeah. So we're really excited to see you. Um, on stage with Gilda. She is also such a presence. Yeah, I'm, I love her. I'm really excited for Saturday. I think it's going to be a fun time. It is. That's why I was like, Booth, Daniel, please. Yeah, shout out to Play. I mean, I love Play Louisville. I also love Play Nashville. Um, Lemu has been wonderful. I've done plenty of drag brunches at Lemu, actually. Uh, and that's always a really fun one. And yeah. Is there a theme this time? Or is it just... I think it's like pop stars, I think. Okay. Do you have a go-to song? For this, um, I will be doing my Katy Perry from RuPaul's Drag. Oh, perfect! Ooh, I yes, love that. So we, yeah. we, I brought Left Shark with me. Hell yes! Yeah, my special guest. Yeah, is there a city outside of like? Let's take New York and Louisville out of the equation. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite city to perform in? Do you have mm-hmm. one? Well, I, if um, I mean, I'd probably say Los Angeles. Yeah, L.A. I love L.A. so much. God, and and some of the shows like at Akbar are just mm-hmm. amazing. I that's my one of my favorite places there. Yeah, I love performing in West Hollywood specifically, and I don't know. I feel like I am a little bit more L.A. than I ever really let myself believe. I always wanted to be more in New York, but I'm honestly slower paced than New York. You know, I. I like my yoga, you know, I hit the bong occasionally. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like L.A., I, I love L.A. and I have a lot of friends there now. I've been there three times this month alone. Damn, yeah. Um, and I go there after I'm here, after I'm finished here. So I'd probably say that. Yeah. It's interesting because I always, I always consider myself an East Coast bitch. And having been there a while, you know, I, I still love it, but I have been drawn to L.A. a lot more recently. One of my best friends lived out there for like seven, eight years. And mm-hmm. so that was always my like go to spot to get away from. But I feel like I should also shout out to Chicago, specifically Roscoe's in Chicago. Yeah. Chicago has a great scene. I love Chicago. Yeah. I love Chicago, too. The only thing is like if you're from Kentucky, especially Louisville, and you're trying to get away and you go to Chicago... You just run into all the same gays. Oh, you didn't really get away, no, did you? you? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, hey, it's my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's oh, getting away together. There's the caravan driving up. <laughs> oh, did we have sex? Yeah, I think we did. Chicago, Cincinnati, Louisville, Nashville, Atlanta. We're all tied together, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Chicago is an interesting scene, too, because I think Chicago is one of the more, like, separate cities in terms of, like, lesbian scene, gay scene, like... There isn't a lot of interaction between like Andersonville and Boys Town. You know, there's just it's one of those places that does have like a very separate vibe. Well, I was talking to somebody. Um, I try to go see uh, Suzanne and Amanda on Tuesdays at the Standard Hotel in New York. And I was just there this week talking to her about 
specifically someone that had just come from Henrietta Hudson, which is mm-hmm. a, a lesbian bar in the West Village. Is it one? Because we we just made a joke the other day. We were talking about some of the bars here that closed. And I actually, yeah. I accidentally, because I was talking to someone in New York the night before. And I said, instead of teddy bears, I said cubby holes. And, <laughs> we, and Spencer had no idea what I was, I was talking like, about. What is that? But Where cubby- have you been partying here that <laughs> I don't know about? I don't know. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, cubby holes closed. But is Henrietta Hudson still open and thriving? Like, is it good? Um, I can't tell you, yeah. to be honest, uh, but we were just mentioning it. And I think that that's where she, she had come from talking about how, you know, lesbian bars are, I think, in the uh, going extinct the quickest, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and what we can do to prevent that. And we had this really interesting conversation about how it might not be preventable and that the solution is that we're not segregated into gays and lesbians anymore that the future of that will be queer spaces yeah no i yeah. think i think that's something that we there's still something about a lesbian bar though that i love well, <laughs> i mean me too like lipstick yeah, me in too. nashville but we don't oh. have any left in kentucky i don't believe and i i read oh i was just telling them before you got here was that uh one was going to be opening up soon in lexington interesting yeah. i didn't hear that news but yeah persuasion's closed r.i.p that fucking amazing hole in the I wall know. like that was the diviest place here it was the most amazing but no i mean they there's a report that you know, they said there i think there are only 15 major lesbian bars left in the entire country that's wild it's so crazy to me yeah well looks like we are actually about out of time we are at 44 minutes oh fantastic <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, do we want to do some shout outs for social media? Yeah. Where can we find you? So you can find me at Scarlet Envy and Scarlet with one T because too much tea is not good for anybody. Cool. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Just spill so a little low, tea. Lowercase tea. Yeah. Yes. Lowercase, yes. small yes. amount. Yes. Just, just spill a little tea. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, Scarlet Envy NYC. Uh, I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash scarlet and the official. So throw some money out there. Absolutely. Well, it's like really cool behind the scenes, you know, things that don't get posted on the actual grid and the big social medias and stuff. Um, behind the scenes interviews, stuff like that, early access to things. Um, I do have a new single out. Is it me? Oh, I meant to bring this up. I was listening to it this morning. Am Tell us I about the drama? It. Yes. Uh, I worked with it was just an amazing, released. Yeah, I worked with an amazing producer, uh, Bright Light, Bright Light. Um, and Paisley Fields, who uh, made a great team. And uh, it's on all streaming platforms uh, internationally. It's gotten uh, some great traction. We love it. There's a brand new music video out. The outfit is great. Yes, thank you. So we love that. So thank you for streaming. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) Go give a listen. Yeah. We can put like a 30-second soundbite in here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Is it me? We'll do it. Is it you? Are you the drama? I... <laughs> <laughs> it's always you. Who's the drama and who's the villain? <laughs> oh, sh- no. She levels me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. I... So you're the drama and the villain is what I'm assuming? Yeah. I'm I'm top daddy Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> she so... tells me what to do. Yeah, we all need that's... a top daddy Sarah. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's that's become my nickname. The I'm getting. <laughs> top daddy Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah trans- I, I drew it for him because I had to control his body. <laughs> Just a giant neck tat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of my face. Yeah. 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 Just of your I face. told you, I love lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> um, On that note, thank yeah. you so much for coming. Thank you. Aww, seriously. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Sarah and Spencer, for having me. I really appreciate it. We love queer Kentucky. Thank you. That means a lot. 
Yeah, I always seriously. forget that it's like a thing until people like thank me. Oh, it's a it. thing. We want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Louisville Vegan Jerky Company. They have been supporters of us since day one. Uh, you can get 20% off their jerky on their website at lvjco.com. Using the code, what is it, Spencer? Queer. K-Y. Awesome. And their shit is delicious. So go check them out. All right. Well, Spencer, that was a fucking amazing conversation. I'm so glad we got Scarlett on here. Um, it, is, it was really fun and super grateful that they took out some time to chat with us. Yeah. And and to chat with all of you all. Um, we do want to make one quick correction. Yes. Um, Scarlett, after the podcast, said that they put the wrong or said the wrong web address for their merch website. So if you want to check out their merch and get some of the cute sweatpants they had on today, it is scarletnvshop.com. That is Scarlet with one T. And if you want to follow Queer Kentucky, if you're not following Queer Kentucky, Spencer, how can they find you? <sighs> Just old school stalking. Just he's gonna be on the street, just walking around. Mm-hmm. At Queer Kentucky, Kentucky is spelled out, um, and that is for all of our social handles. Website is queerkentucky.com. Kentucky spelled out again, and never abbreviate it. Never. Uh, and if you like queer stories, or you like to write queer stories, or underrepresented stories in general, you can find me at Nanny Goat Press. The website is nannygoat.press, and we're either Nanny Goat Books or Nanny Goat Press on all social media. Open for submissions. We're about to start a new season of books. So I'll actually be active on on social media again very soon. Yeah. And then stay subscribed to us because next week, Ariel Clark, owner of Sis Got Tea, will be chatting with us. Yeah, very excited for that one. Um. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We always like feedback, so love a good review. Yeah, email us if you want to, like, tear us apart, too. Yeah, or if you want to be on the podcast. Like Scarlet's Two Moms. Like Scarlet's Two Moms, who are going to be here very soon. They're both named Sherry. I just, like, we have to just tell people that. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's It's really incredible. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you have a good week, and we will see you next one. The all queer